Aha, me. Yes, our second speaker, please. <laughs> As always, going to talk about from being bootstrapped to VC funding. Thank you very much. And VGR, you would I'm going to steal your seat. Not a problem. Everyone hear me? Brilliant. Just so I can get a bit of context of who's in the room, is it mainly startup found? If, if you have your own business, can you just put your hand up? Wow, that's a lot more than I expected. That's awesome. If you're an investor or invest in startups or mentor startups, and if you're looking to work for a startup. Awesome. Um, okay. My clicker is not working. There we go. That's with me. Uh, here's the team and the talk today is just kind of a brief overview of what we do as a business. I'm going to keep that to about two minutes and basically cover the journey from when we started the company three and a half years ago, bootstrapping all the way through to the VC round and covering the mistakes that I made along the way. So let me just keep this nice and brief because it might just give you a bit of context to who we are. So started, uh, well, left my old job in 2013. <laughs> Started two businesses inadvertently, um, I'll get to that, um, in April 2013. 2014, we found a CTO for the company. March 2015, we raised a seed round and stopped the consulting. So as I mentioned just, I actually started two businesses in one. The problem that we did is we bootstrapped the business through consulting and uh, that gave us a whole heap of problems that I'll, I'll talk about. April 2015, two people joined the company. August 2015, we did an internship program, hired four of those in September. Then we opened up a round of VC funding, closed it in December, and that brings us to March this year where we pivoted our core service. Now, just before we kind of get into the mistakes that I made as the founder, um, I'll briefly give you an idea of what we do as a business. So we started out, who's heard of Checker Trade or Rated People or My Builder and services like that? Okay, so you know, you go to those services to find a trade professional that's verified and vetted. Uh, our biggest competitor at the time in that space was Checker Trade. They had 15,000 members. There's 900,000 trades professionals in the UK. My background's in building industry and merchanting. So I thought this is a really crap supply. It's really limited. Homeowners aren't getting a good representation of what's in the market. So I left my job with the idea of starting up a marketplace for homeowners to find verified professionals. We would give all that away for free, saturate the market, get 45, 50% of market take up, and we'd make our money through advertising we very, very quickly found out that advertising models in this industry, one, very, very difficult to make work. Two, getting a brand recognition in a marketplace. Does anyone here run a marketplace website? I really feel for you. I know just how difficult it is to get both sides at the same time. We really struggled to make it work. Um, so what we did is we then pivoted and we tried lots of different things and we tried to retain all of our members. So because we were free, we grew very, very quickly. Uh, we grew from zero to 7,000 trades professionals in 12 months. And then we turned that off because we thought, crap, we've got all these trades and no one's using the site. We're generating one job posting a day for 7,000 people. It's not working. So we developed an app that was for quoting and invoicing. Very, very basic because these guys struggled with admin. And we basically used it as a retention tool because these guys weren't going to stick around because we weren't passing in the leads. So we built this quoting and invoicing tool for retention. And it turns out that these guys, as the market picked up, Absolutely love that software package. So March this year, we pivoted and we made that our core focus because for the previous 12 months, they've been saying, can you build this? Can you build that? We're like, no, 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 that's not our core focus. And then we went, actually, will you pay us for it? And I went, yes, yes. So then we focused on that for our, our core business model. 
Um, that kind of brings us to today and what I want to share with you. So I was actually trying to find the five mistakes that I've made in the last three and a half years. And this is hand on heart. I started making a note of all the mistakes I can think of. I filled two pieces of A4 paper and thought, I can't keep you guys here for two hours. So I just picked out uh, a few that I found very topical. Mistake number one was outsourcing the development. I knew a bit of code, um, but I needed what seemed to be a very technical product at the time. So I hired an agency, um, outsourced the development, and then I did consulting on the side. And that brings me back to the fact that I actually had two businesses that I was trying to sustain. It was this marketplace website, as well as doing consulting to the merchants in the industry. And we were making five to seven thousand pounds a month doing consulting and then pumping that straight back into the agency to build out this product. And there are a lot of great agents out there, and I know that because we work with some of them now. But we picked a, an agency that just cared about shipping code. They didn't care about the, the business, the traction, the KPIs that we're trying to work on. So the best advice that I got back then was try and find someone that's invested in the company. So find a technical, like a CTO or a technical co-founder. So we wasted a hell of a lot of money. Um, so if anyone's out there pre-business pre or in that stage now where you're, you're like me, sales, marketing, business development, and you need someone that can write code because you're going to build a SaaS product or any technical product, try and find someone that's invested in your company. Um, the guys are going to work the same amount of hours as you, the 60, 70, 80 hour weeks, you're not going to get that from an agency. And if you are, you're going to be paying a fortune for it. Uh, so that was my first mistake, which we uh, went on and hired a CTO. Mistake number two, putting more dogs in the race. And let me just briefly explain. We've done two rounds of funding. So we did a seed round and then we did a VC round. I do sales, I do marketing, it's my, it's my background. And we went out to the market and we thought, I want to stop this consulting, so we need to raise some money and get some runway as a business. So I went and pitched, and they said yes. So I closed the round, and that was it. And I didn't go to the next person. We pitched one group of five people, and every single person in the room said yes. And it sounds fantastic, but looking back on it now, is I got some advice which was close early, because it takes forever to close investment, and it takes all your attention away from what you're actually trying to do as a business. But I took that too far, and I accepted the first bit of cash that was put in front of me. So when I talk about putting more dogs in the race, if you're getting yeses and you want to go and raise some money, and the people that you're speaking to in day one are saying yes and writing you a check, just take a step back, think about it, and think, can I get more money, high valuation, or can I give less equity away? Because I promise you, when you're, when you're a startup and you're thinking 10 20 30%, it doesn't make a big difference. When you start doing the rounds later on, it has a big impact. And these are people that you're going to be accountable to. <laughs> nice picture. Um, third mistake, kind of leading on from the investment scene, is not all money is equal in value. And what I mean by this is someone writing you a check for 200K can be very, very different to someone also writing you a check for 200K. So if anyone, who, by the way, out of curiosity, who in the room is thinking about doing a product that you know is going to need funding down the line? Brilliant. Okay, so when you go and actually raise some money, you're going to be really excited because someone's going to, more than anything, believe in you, and that's, that's really rewarding. But you need to look behind the scenes of what else this person's going to add because there is such thing as dumb money. And that's the people that are just going to physically write you a check and then hands off, walk away, and then they expect to return down the line. And in our first seed round, we took dumb money, and I regret it because we actually... <laughs> None of my seed investors are in the room, are they? Uh, <laughs> um, because what, what's going to happen is you're accountable to these people. They've given you money and they believe in you and you need to report back week on week, month on month how you're doing. 
and you want someone that's going to add more than just a check because you're a startup, you're trying to do 15, 18 hours a day and you need some help. And you shouldn't be afraid to admit that. You're going to need help because what you're trying to do is bloody hard and you want people that can add strategic value, not just money. So make sure that when you, when you get the check or you get the offer, you ask what else do you bring to the table? And that's something we didn't do early on. Let's say number four, this is a, a common one, is you hear everyone say, as soon as I've raised my round, it will let me scale, win more business, win better customers, hire more people. But if I'm really honest, it changes absolutely nothing in your business. So we did a seed round and you'll all do the same thing. When you, the guys that put the hand up that we're gonna raise, you'll go to the cash machine and you'll check your balance and you've got six figures in there if you did a, a reasonable good size round. You'll be very excited. You'll go and have a few drinks and then you'll walk into work the next day and nothing has changed. The only thing that's changed is you've got more money to deploy against the problems that you've already got, which in its own creates more problems because there's people that's giving you that money that you then need to answer back to. So do not think that raising fixes any problems. If you've got a shitty business, excuse the French, but if you've got a business that isn't performing well, putting more money into it is not the solution. Make sure that you've got a model that's sound and make sure you know why you're raising money in the first place. Do not raise just because that's the thing that's in TechCrunch, okay? And the last one is a very personal mistake of mine. It is when we raise the round of VC, everything gets very formal. You have management accounts, you have a board of directors. And I became a yes man for the first three months. It was January to March this year. I remember it very explicitly. And I thought, these guys have put money in. They're very successful. We've got a couple of angels. We've got a VC. And every opinion that they had, I agreed with for the first three months of the board meetings. That's the laugh that I should get, sir. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and looking back, it was horrendous. And this is the sort of thing that can kill a business very, very quickly. And what you've got to remember is when you raise money off people, they're investing in you because you have got the business to where it is today and they believe in you as the founder. So respect everyone's opinions because they all have their own expertise. But these people that you go, it might be a mentor, it might be the chairman of your board. These guys have their own experiences, but they're not on the front line of the business every single day. They don't know how the office is feeling. They don't know the, the culture. They don't know the fact that this client's just called you up and is about to slander you on social. They don't know all this. You create this nice little board pack that's meant to compile all the business emotions and facts every month and report back on that. But they're not on the front line the way that you are. So take all the opinions on board, but definitely don't just be a yes man because I promise you it will kill the business. If we'd done it for another three months, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't, we're based on the custom factory, we're doing well, but if we'd just been a yes man, and it would, it's all my fault, but if we'd done that, we wouldn't be here today. I wanted to speed through that because the bit that I like the most is this. So is, is there any questions? Do you get a mic? You, you get a mic, don't worry. What made you decide, or what happened, um, to make you believe you, what, to be no longer a yes man? What was it that helped you change that, make that decision? What actually took place? Really good question. Um, if I'm being really honest, yeah. I stopped enjoying running the business. Okay. Because I felt like I was not CEO, founder. 
I was 2IC, second in charge. I felt like these guys in the board were running the business and I was just operating. And it took the fun out of it for me. And as soon as I realized that over the space of the first two or three months, I thought something needs to change, step back, and I recap what's happened. And I thought this, this is the problem. Went into the next board meeting and had a very open, honest kind of relationship with these guys and communicated to them that I'm gonna take your feedback on board, but I need to run the ship. And they were like, excuse the French, that's fucking obvious. Like you're the founder, you should be doing this. And I thought, oh, okay. And that kind of strengthened the board, to be honest. It made it a lot more enjoyable, and it made me able to go and ask for opinions and not worry about doing, doing it as they say. So it's just the fact that I stopped enjoying it. Oh. Oh. Um, hey. Did you have any uh, advice on which PCs to go Again, it comes back to not putting enough dogs in the race. So we decided that we wanted to raise a round and there were very specific reasons that we wanted to. I sent out my deck. Um, I've got a fantastic mentor. Does anyone here know Simon Jenner? I guess a lot of people do. Yeah, I'm very close relationship with Simon, a great guy. He recommended four or five local companies. I sent the deck out, got a phone call, did one pitch, followed through, closed the deal. I didn't allow the other ones to, to follow up. Uh, and I, we raised through Midven. Uh, we get on with those guys really well. And they've brought some people onto the board as uh, sort of advisory roles, and it's been good so far. Um, but yeah, I hope that answers it. Oh, lots of hands. Uh, thanks. Um, if I understood your timeline correctly, you got investment and then later pivoted. Yes. I'm kind of curious how your original investors reacted to that. <laughs> yeah, and this was around the time that board meetings were relatively fresh that was at the second, uh, about the third board meeting. Um, the thing that we went and pitched on had 20% of the product we do now baked in because we, we knew it might, it might happen. Um, in terms of the reactions, it was, it was overall very positive and I think it was the fact that we'd, we'd started to use data more. I'm a salesman through and through uh, and I did everything for the previous two years through gut feel. And the fact that I was actually coming to board meetings with the data and the feedback and the fact that I pre-validated something and actually taken car payment before, it wasn't, I think this will work. It was, I thought this would work two months ago. I validated it. Here's the numbers. We need to focus in this area. And that's sort of how I got over it, um, which was new for me, to be honest, because I'd just normally be like, hey, shiny thing, let's go do it. Um, and raising money, I think, more than anything, just focuses us. Um, so it was helpful. So what was the secret sauce you have that gets five yeses from five, the first five investors? <laughs> um, my ego is trying to calm me down at the moment. I generally just feel like we're in, we, have a, we have a great industry knowledge between myself and our advisory team that we brought to the table when we raised the money. And we've got a lot of experience in this industry. And I just think when you, when you look at the problem we're trying to solve, it's so obvious that it's a big problem and we made it so clear that we were the right team to fix it, that that allowed us to get the yeses that we got. So there's, normally there's a graph of, say, timing, idea, team, you know, all these sorts of things. Yeah. What percentage of, 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 of those do you think was your... Well, I think one of the benefits that we had is we actually had 18 months runway before we built up a community, we built up a platform, we built up traction before we raised. It wasn't like the idea on the back of a fag packet that we wanted to take into a, a seed round and say, this is what we want to do. 
It was, we've got eight and a half thousand people in a community. Here's what they're struggling with. Here's what a thousand of them have told us that we need to do. Can we get some money to go and do it? I think it was a very, very strong case that we'd, we'd, we'd done the hard work for 18 months beforehand. I think that's the secret. That's the secret. Okay, good to know. <laughs> yeah, very good talk. Uh, thanks for that. So Thank we are started as a consulting business and we did okay for the last three, four years. Yep. Now, using the spare time we had in the company when people were not busy, we built a new product which we are about to launch next month to the market. Now we are gonna go to the VCs and look for some seed funding, but I'm pretty much sure we have to spin a new company which owns the product and then sort of separate out the consulting business. Yep. So what is your recommendation how we should go about it? Because obviously right now I spend a lot of time in consulting plus also in the product. I think the first question you ask yourself is when you wake up in the morning, what do you want to work on? And I know this sounds like such a bullshit, I'm sorry for my swearing, such a bullshit answer like, what do you want to do? Do you want to be a consultant and trade time for, for money all the time? And yes, you can move your rates up and you can make good money. And don't get me wrong, I'm 26. And when I was 22 years old, I was netting £7,000 a month. That's really difficult to walk away from. But I knew that I wanted to build this problem. I wanted to fix this thing in the industry. So we just used that money and deployed it against the problem. It all depends on what you want to do as a founder. I definitely don't advise trying to do both, like either take the consulting, take the clients and bring Razor to IC and bring them to be the CEO of that company and then hand that off and then have 110% focus on the software or park it. You won't, in my opinion, I don't know you, but you won't be successful trying to grow both of them. And it'll be a big, big put off to anyone putting money into the business if they go, here's this product that we want to build, but I also spend 40% of my time with these clients and I don't want to let them go. Like, that will be a big, big red flag to any investor. Uh, I love it when people talk about data. Can you say a bit more about what data you used and if any of it was open data? So none of it was open data. And are you talking about the data that we used when we were doing the, the funding? Yes, and going to your board with, with data. So if you imagine what we do as a company, we collect a, a shed load of data. So um, we, for example, uh, know how many quotes and invoices a plumber in the B1 postcode is doing and exactly what's on those quotes and invoices, which ones he's winning, which ones he's not, and then how often he's out on a job and how often he's sat at home. I could go on about the amount of data that we use, and I really thank a chap in our team called Matthew O'Reilly who's so data-driven and my polar opposite um, and makes me focus on the numbers that... That's how we make decisions as a business now. Don't get me wrong, I still sometimes say gut feel wins. Um, but data for us as a company has been a... Oh, I'll get to that in a second. Um, data for us as a company has been the thing that's helped us deploy money against the right things in the last 12 months. Um, without it, I think we'd still be floundering. Would anything make you consider opening up and sharing some of your data? Big check. <laughs> <laughs> a big check. Um, the, the red flag in my head when I hear about opening by data is we have 12,500 tradespeople on our platform. I don't know what data we could open up without annoying them or losing their trust because a lot of it's personalized data. We can anonymize it and say postcode areas and bits like this, but I think as a company, we've got a lot of people that build their business on our platform now that it would be very, very risky for us to say, oh, we've made this data public, but it doesn't affect you. It's a big communication thing for us that would be a red flag. Okay, if I could, sorry to carry on. If I could show you other retailer, other people in the retail space who share their data without 
Of course, hundred percent. Am I getting cut off? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm just going to quickly plug this, and for everyone who listens to the podcast, brilliant. Um, the reason I'm here today is because I actually, in my old job, I used to drive around selling roof windows and building materials, and I had four calls in a day, 15 minutes each. I'm really sorry. I'm going to be two minutes. Um, a one. Uh, and I listen to podcasts for about a year, no music, and I educate myself that way. So what we've decided to do is try and document the journey of what we're going through, and it's a very honest, open diary of what we're trying to build. If you are interested in podcasts, search for the Startup Diary, um, and we'd love to hear your feedback on it. Really appreciate it. Thank you.